0: The three primary traits which define a person in the formation of his being are in Hebrew Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferis or MS. Chesed is an expansive trait whereby a person reaches out to another energized and embodied by love. He creates a focus on someone outside of himself and gives to him. Gvura, might, strength, is a movement in the opposite emotional direction whereby you exercise self-control, you hold yourself back, you are able to overcome desires, it goes in the opposite direction to expansiveness. It's more about introspection. So you've got these two differing directions of being, one extending forward, one constricting inwards. And then you've got the balance between those two dynamics, which is known as deferis or MS or truth, whereby you balance perfectly the, the amount of extension and the amount of contraction. Reptolica Coen says the development of ourselves, when we speak about self-development, self-growth, there are different stages to that development. One knows how, one should know how to plot a course. There's many different offered by our sages in the traditions that we have. But one of them offers a course whereby certain things come first, others second, and others third. And based very often on the life cycle, we can find an overlap between the stage of emotional development we should be at and the cycle of life we are in. And if at those life cycle points there was distortion or an inadequate experience of what that life stage hoped to provide, so that can actually create complications along the way. The example we began with yesterday was that within the development of Chesed, there are four stages beginning with kindness that a person directs towards himself. And that stage, that, st- that stage parallels the stage of infancy. An infant, a child, a baby, only knows for caring and nurturing by another. So the baby's experience of life is being nurtured. And the mother plays the role as it were, of the nurturer. And the baby imbibes at the young stage the importance of his own voice being heard and his own needs being met. If that model was good enough, what happens is the person grows further in life. He's conscious of his own needs. He's sensitive to what, who he is, and the voices inside of self. And once his needs are addressed, he has the ability to go to the next stage, which is addressing the needs of others, which begins in the life cycle... When a child begins the process of socialization, the first stage of infancy is purely self-centered. The child knows nothing of others and only requests his own needs. If those needs are completely met, the child progresses healthfully onto the next stage of having the capacity to stretch out to others. And that stage lasts From childhood all the way through adolescence to young adulthood. And of course, there's an increasing amount of ability to give to others as well as a duality in the child's relationship. Because, on the one hand, the child still is located in the home environment, the child stays in a nurturing environment where he can be completely selfish and he can ask from his parents all the needs that he has. So, he experiences both sides of this emotional. Marriage, He experiences the needs of himself being supplied both by his parents and slowly but surely learning how to supply them to himself. And he also has the capacity to express and to go and give to others, to meet friends and to take their needs into consideration. And what you often find is that a child will be one way at home and very very different outside of the house. Because in the home he looks at this place of his nurturing and therefore he's not giving, he's actually in the mode of receiving. Whereas when he leaves the house, his mode of giving, and he can give much, so his children, who will be extremely kind outside of the house, when they actually walk into the, into the four walls of the house, may behave very differently, and that's okay, that's healthy, because that's part of the process. The point beyond that is marriage, where in one relationship, you're able to experience, the ability to receive, and the ability to give. Husband and wife, have this ongoing shift in the way they connect to each other. Sometimes the Husband is the giver, and the wife is the receiver. and Sometimes it's the wife the giver, and the husband the receiver, and unless the person's in t- in touch with how to receive and how to give, so it can if he's not if he's not in touch, it can corrupt the relationship. And they, therefore, if people had big gaps in the early stages of development, they didn't have a nurturing mother, for example, and therefore they feel that their basic needs for themselves were ne- were never met. So they don't know how to meet their own needs. They also are insensitive to the needs of others because they've never dealt with supplying a need, so they can create massive problems in every stage of life they'll have difficult social relationships and they 'll certainly have difficult marriages unless they make a decision to come into the role of their own nurturer and to change the tone of the voice in the head as opposed to being a, a an uninterested sometimes castigating parent they become a kind and caring mother, to your own personal needs. And that, that can be a really crucial breakthrough for many people in terms of being able to give to others by first realizing that they have to learn how to give to themselves. This is just a sum up of what we discussed yesterday. The stage beyond, which is, let's say, described in the stage of marriage where you have both of these energies, both of these flows of emotion in both directions of giving and receiving, is when those those The giving and the receiving becomes fused in a single act and the person becomes transcendent and he's able to gain his own inner nourishment from giving to others. So actually he becomes on a level which let's say is one step beyond and his self-fulfillment becomes caring for other people. And that's obviously the level that you'd like to get to, that's the ultimate level, and that comes, draws to a close, the level of what's called the four stages of Chesed. What I'd like to speak about today is the next stage of um, developmental growth, which is Gvura, which is strength and might. And we'll begin again in the stages of infancy. Essentially what strength relates to is the notion of authority. The ability to relate to authority. And we'll start off in the early stages, like we did in the life cycle, and um, move up. A child is born, and at a slightly later stage than the nurturing stage, the child is confronted by traces. Traces means a framework of making decisions. A very young child hasn't fully developed the cognitive and intellectual skills to be able to make decisions for themselves. Therefore, in the initial stages of a child's development, again the parent becomes an external chooser for the child. The parent makes the choices and the child First contact with an authority figure, someone that defines right and wrong, is the authority of a parent that assists the child in making choices in its life. And the parent's voice acts as directional for the child as the child develops. And the child knows this is a wise action, this is an unwise action, this is productive, this is unproductive. Again, as when a child is not nurtured, it creates a complication in the system of development. If a child doesn't have a healthy, stable parent guiding it with decisions of right and wrong, the child develops, very often young, at a very young stage, a very ambiguous and sometimes destructive attitude towards authority. For example, if the parent was a very unstable influence in the child's life and randomly and amorally dished out different decisions, the child loses, at a certain level, any respect for authority. Because the child's experience at a very young age of authority was something which was random and could have sometimes been destructive. When the parent acts as a stable influence on the child's life, with the child's best interest at heart and guides the decision-making process, so that the child develops a healthy relationship to authority. Authority means the capacity to restrict myself from doing whatever I choose. It's the inward movement as opposed to chesed, which is expansive. It's how I can control myself. Control myself is relative to authority. The first authority we get is an external authority, and it takes the form of a parent and a very early stage of life. Stage 1 of Gvura. Stage 2 of Gvura is when we are able to internalize that authority. And this generally happens... And this is kind of a lot of the rebellion in adolescence. Adolescence, the child now understands that the authority which was given to them as an early developing person no longer is located outside of themselves. And now they have to incorporate the decision-making process inside their own minds. In Jewish law, there's there's a... Period of the kind of the, the, the tipping point of this maturity begins at 13 and reaches its fruition at 20. Those are crucial years. The 13 to 20, year, 20 years is when the child is grappling with self authority, the capacity to define his own way of making decisions in his own life. What often happens at this point in time, as the child moves away from his parents, very often, the peer group can become a substitute external authority for the child. Depending, of course, on the strength of the parent's initial education. But if the peer group becomes a substitute authority, that can often translate into the society becoming the substitute authority and then the child essentially grows into an adult and there are people that never mature beyond that. That they always seek to find the authority of making decisions in an external place by social norms or by looking at what others are doing. And they never take the full responsibility for their own decision-making process on board inside themselves. But anyway, the second stage is when you graduate beyond the authority being external to you, by, given to you by parents guiding you right and wrong, to your own development of a system of values, right and wrong. And therefore, the teenagers are tumultuous. They cause a lot of self-introspection, as does early adulthood. A child, a child and developing adult is not quite sure which way to turn. And that's how all idealism generally occurs at this stage of development. Um, if the stage of development is successful, so a person is able to ascertain a sense of values within itself, and progress to the next stage, which is taking responsibility, taking full responsibility for my own actions, and being completely cognizant of the reasons why I make choices, and following through with those choices, and realizing if I make a wrong choice, it's a wrong choice, and me realizing if I make a right choice, it's my choice. The decision is put firmly in my hands. The stage beyond this, and this is an interesting stage, in Jewish, in Jewish theology, in Jewish learning, the stage beyond this is submitting to a high authority. Which again, becomes an interesting paradox between acknowledging that I am the arbiter of my own decisions and realizing that there is an even higher authority than me. And this is called submitting to the authority of Hashem. Submitting to the authority of the Creator of God. And this is a level above. Because it acknowledges that ultimately my capacity to view the entirety of life and to construct a system of making decisions is limited. But that stage of submission can only come as a continuation of acknowledgement that I have the capacity to make my own decisions and I can think for myself. A person that can't think for themselves and hasn't reached a level of maturity and moves from one society to another society has never submitted to God's authority. He's just substituted his own lack of decision-making process and swapped value systems. And often, that's a process a person who's influenced by religious culture can fall prey to. A person socialized in a particular way, then he's exposed to a new kind of socialization and he reveals for the second above the first. That's not, that's not a growth internally of Gvura. That's merely swapping one for another. But in terms of your level of gvura, you're remaining on the same level. Really, if you want to progress in gvura, before you submit to God, there's an interim stage of saying, I own my own decisions. And if I decide to submit to a higher authority, it's because I decided to to submit to authority. It's a choice that I'm making. If that choice is not made, but rather you don't know what to do, so you're doing this, now you're doing that, so that's not submission. It's not a higher level of control. Now, when you see that, as we mentioned previously in Chesed, there's expansion and there's contraction, um, and as is expansion and contraction in the different traits. For example, Chesed is essentially an expansive matter you're reaching out to others, and Gvurah is essentially contri- constriction, you gr- you, you're pulling into yourself. Even within Chesed, even within Gvurah, there's also expansion and contraction. So, for example, in Chesed, the infantile stage is a stage of contraction. You pull everything towards you. The stage of socialization is expansion you extend to others. The marriage is is the synergy between expansion and contraction, and the highest level is a fusion of expansion and contraction. Where contraction and expansion actually become the same act. I don't know if I've lost everyone. Judging by the blank faces, I feel that I have. But that's never stopped me before. I'll just keep on going, like a train run loose. Cyrus. Just to recap, could you please go through the four stages of Chesed? Four stages of Chesed. First stage is self-nurturing. Constrictive. I think about myself, and I learn to nurture myself. Second stage: reaching out to others, socialization, friendship. I care for another's need. Third stage: marriage. I'm able to have my own needs taken care of in a single relationship, and to take care of the needs of others in a single relationship. Final, final level: by me giving, that's how I feel receiving. By me giving to another, that's how I, my own needs or the needs of another. Well, I. The second stage is I give to you and I'm able to receive to you. But giving and receiving are two separate acts. I know that sometimes I have to take care of you and make coffee for you. And sometimes I need you to make coffee for me. Stage three. Stage four is when I make coffee for you, that's how I am nurtured. It's a one way giving. The one way giving is actually a two way process whereby by me giving to you, I'm receiving myself. I have no longer my essential need is not to get the coffee, it's to give the coffee. But that's my need. So selflessness, basically? Well said. Yeah? It's not funny. Good. So, but also, do you understand, do you understand the stages, Sirius? So, it's contraction, expansion, both at the same time, fused into one. Yes? That's legitimate, I don't blame you for not understanding it. I barely understand it myself. Um, let me, can I try to explain again? Okay this is a barrier when when I don't get the expansion contraction part, I, okay. I'm a little baby all I want is my basic needs to be filled I cry I want to be fed I cry I want to be rocked to sleep I cry I want someone to sit there and hold me there's no thought of am I inconveniencing my mother maybe she needs to sleep Maybe she doesn't feel like feeding me. That's contraction, because I'm only thinking about what's inward. Stage one. Stage two, I'm a little child, and I'm playing in the the crash, and I see that my friend um, Robbie needs a glass of water. And I think, gosh, let me give him a glass of water. I acknowledge that there's someone else in the world that has a need. And I respond to their need. That's expansion. (coughs) contraction stage one expansion stage two stage beyond that I'm married sometimes I need to really help out my wife Um, I need to make her a delicious dinner so I go in the kitchen chop up the vegetables fry them say hi honey this is for you boom I give you the dinner sometimes I come home exhausted and I need someone to make dinner for me Never happens. Why is it never... (laughs) And I come home, and there's a delicious meal. So sometimes I'm contracting, sometimes I'm expanding. It depends, in different stages of the relationship. Sometimes I'm doing this, and sometimes I'm doing that. So it's contraction, and expansion, in the same relationship. Highest stage is that I lose, I become selfless. I lose the desire for my own personal physical fulfillment and what nourishes me is the emotional connection I have to another when I give to them. So then, when that same supper that previously when I made for my wife, I was giving to her, now I actually enjoy it as much as if she was making me supper. Fusion. Three stages of evolution. Four stages of evolution. You follow? Evolution of self. Contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion in the same relationship, contraction, expansion simultaneously. As I'm giving, I'm receiving. As I'm giving, the actual act of giving is an act, in that same act as an act of receiving. So if you reach this fourth step of like a um, complete, like. You're almost there. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, to get your basic needs in, in that situation, even though, like, your basic needs are her basic ne- or whoever it is, um, like, to, to, like, feed yourself, does it have to be their want that you... So, in other words, they will be on the side. You see, people who, like, who are these kind of people, they, they their own physical needs are, like, just, like, on the, uh, by the by. They don't get, they don't hang up on them. Like, don't, like, they don't care about their own personal space or, like, you know, their, like, thing. Um, for stage three, is it also the many which you do it, of, of giving of yourself? Like if you, die, uh, I have to cook dinner, kind of thing. Is it? In other it words, there's an element of I'm doing this because I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm giving to them. Yeah. It's not that oh gosh, I can't wait for this opportunity. It's like yeah, this is a relationship. There's a deal. You know, I help you sometimes. Sometimes you help me. The stage above that, which you're right, the stage above there is a much higher stage of love. It's a stage of love where it doesn't matter what they're giving to you, you want to give to them. It's a development. Yes, Josh. Is there any parallel between positive and negative commandments, Professor? Yes. <laughs> Good. That. <laughs> <laughs> All positive commandments are, are under the category of, of what's called Ava, I'm serious all po- and all negative are under Yira which is Gvur, Ava and Gver. Positive commandments are Chesed, Expansion Negative commandments are Gvur, Constriction No, it's very complicated but th- that's the short answer Do you want the short answer or the long answer? No, short answer? That's good You've got two short answers and one was even longer than the first one Okay you follow me? So that's let's, 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 let's reiterate what we said about Gvura. Gvura, again, has a series of stages. Yes? Stage one is acceptance of an authority, acceptance of control. And that control has to be located outside of me because I don't need to have the developed self to have that own internal control. And therefore, that control is given to me by my parents. Just as the first stage of self-nurturing is given to me by my external stores by my mother, the first stage of authority. Now, you're starting to realize how those infant infant years are so crucial in our development. And that's why you'll find a a lot of psychology goes back to those early stages because those stuff are like that's hard into who we are and when you want to undo it it's pretty hard to, uh, to undo because it's like setting at a very deep level So the first stage is authority where you have a healthy authority figure that clearly delineates between good and bad choices, right and wrong, and then you get a respect for authority, you understand the value of control, and the next stage is you actually start to assume that control for yourself, which can often lead to, and it's a healthy thing, rebellion, questioning values, is this really right? That means you're starting to think for yourself, that's fantastic. That's called questioning. Questioning authority is a stage towards accepting authority for oneself. And that's a crucial stage. At that stage, a person has to base his decisions on his own Conclusions and own and take responsibility and not to point his finger and blame others and say, well, the reason why I'm doing this is because of... And the reason why I do it is... That's called not accepting authority for yourself. That's not owning your decisions. The reason why I did this is because I chose to do this. That's the whole power of making a choice. Take responsibility for decisions is the second stage of Kvura. So again, the first stage was essentially, even though there's constriction and contraction, even though the, the theme of Gvoreh is constriction. And the theme of Chesed is expansion, but within it there's also a dance between constriction and expansion. So the theme of um, Gvoreh is is constriction, but there's a constriction and expansion in gvura itself. The first stage when your parents or your authority is yourself, it's, it's imposed on you, it's inside of yourself. When you make choices, you're expanding yourself and imposing your authority in the world by using your choices. Follow? Um, The next stage, which we said, is once a person makes a decision for himself, so in Judaism, the next stage is acknowledging the authority of a creator, of something which is way above and beyond me, something which is larger than me, something which can fathom things I can never ever fathom, something which has wisdom and knowledge that I couldn't, couldn't conceive of myself. And when I make the decision and I submit to a high authority, I realize there's something bigger than me. But it's only because I'm realizing that I'm making decisions and I make a decision to give up that process because I realize it's faltered, I realize it's small and I'm able to sacrifice so then I move on to the next stage which is the acceptance of a high authority and that's called gvura in the deeper sense Ezehu, Gibera, Koevish, right, you have the capacity to control parts of yourself, not because you feel they're out of control, because you realize there's a higher system, where in that system if you don't control those things, you will be corrupted. So that's where, let's say, moral control comes into the picture. In your own self-designed view of reality, you can have no morality because it depends on what you need at this point in time. The advantage of subscribing to a much higher authority introduces notion of the moral trace, restriction and control in every aspect and dimension of it's an introduction to just like the fourth stage of Chesed is transcendent, the fourth stage of, the third stage of Gvura is transcendent. You're able to go above and beyond the narrow confines of yourself. I think that the perceive even there was too much information for one day. <laughs> but uh, maybe we should stop there and give ourselves time to think about these consequences. And, and really what I think is really important is to, to see how these ideas kind of correspond to your own experience of reality. Do they? Don't they? How do we view things through this idea? And um, hopefully we will continue tomorrow. Thank you.